So last week I shared with you about a divided heart. Our heart are not supposed to be divided. It's supposed to be a place where the Spirit of God dwells, where God dwells and 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 control or, or, or rather reign in our lives. But unfortunately, the reality is many a time our hearts are divided. We want God, but yet we want something else, something from this world. So we know the consequence of a divided heart. It can it destroy our destiny. It can even destroy the plan and purpose of God for this planet Earth. So as I was sharing this message on Sunday night, something came forth, I think, just to emphasize the severity of this problem. Because to us, it's common. We take it for granted that there's no big deal about it. But yet, the Word of God says, this thing should not be so. The Word of God tells us that in the natural, it never happened. Because a spring, if it gives up bitter water, it will not give up sweet water. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, uh, bring forth two things, you see. Uh, if it's salty, it's salty. Rather than sometimes salty, sometimes flesh. It doesn't happen in the natural. But yet in the spiritual, it happens. How could it be? Because at the back of it, Satan is working. And we, we, we learned that last week. And that's the reason. So I want to emphasize, I want to uh, stress this so that we will not take it like, well, everybody's the same. You know, we can't be fully committed to God. And no, Satan is working is speaking into our hearts, wanting to rob us, wanting to destroy the destiny that God has for us. And it is a serious matter. But the Word of God taught us how we can be cleansed, how our heart can be purified, so that we can give ourselves to God to, to, to serve Him. So this morning, you know, I want to go further. Because at the back of it, we know Satan is working. You know, if you miss that message, you listen to it. Uh, go on the website to, to download it and listen to it. But on the surface, how could Satan work in our life? We are believers. We are child of God. So a lot of times we assume, you know, we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit is with us. You know, Satan won't not be able to touch us. If Satan can come to Jesus, the Son of God, and wanting to capture his heart and say, you worship me, it means it is possible. Even with Jesus, if Jesus let him, Satan can come into his heart. The Son of God. What about us? You know, it's too easy to see. We, we, we just look at ourselves. We know He does come. Okay, so we, we, we want to purify our heart. But in order to purify our hearts, we need to discern the voices that is speaking, the voices that want to, that wants to control our hearts. 
We know the Holy Spirit speaking. But the thing is, there are voices that want to take away what the Spirit of God wants to do in our hearts. The heart that God wants is a heart that is single in commitment, uh, in love towards Him, rather than a divided heart. Okay, so on the surface of it, how could Satan come and work in our lives, speak to us? There are reasons. So last week we talked about Peter because he mined the things of man. He allowed emotional feeling, relationship, you know, to, to be the dominating factor in his mind, in his thinking, in his decision. That's why Satan is able to come in. So there is reason why the enemy can come in. Ananas and Sapphira, because of greed. Right? Yes, they want to give to God, but still, the, 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 the uh, spirit of mammon is still working. So there is a loophole, there is an opening opportunity for the enemies to come in. So there is always opportunity. Things uh, uh, that we, 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 we did not do or things that we do that allow the enemies to have opportunity to come in. So this morning we want to look at the different voices that speaks into our life, right? That give opportunity for the enemies to come into our life so that we can discern it, know it where we are in our life and discern the voices so that when the voices are speaking to us, we can say, hey, that's not from God. That's not from God. Okay? So... Uh, Let's, let's look at these two verses uh, because I say our heart is meant to be a dwelling place for God. Okay, let's read it from the scripture. Ephesians three sixteen and 17. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So we can see that our hearts is created for God. It's for God to dwell. It's for the Word of God to, to, to take residence, the promises of God you know, to dwell in our hearts. So now, let's look at the many voices that could be speaking uh, to us. The first voice that I want to talk about is a voice of immaturity. Uh, this has nothing to do with how long you have been Christians. Okay, you can be Christians a long time, but if you have not dealt with some of the issues, some of the uh, problems or, or, or baggages that you had after you have believed, you are still just as immature as you were when you became a Christian. Okay, let's read. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere 
man. You know, from these verses, you know, you notice something. It says here, are you not worthy, mere infants in Christ? It tells us that when we first become Christian, we brought the word with us into this new life. We brought the word with us into our church because we are infants. We still you know, hold on to the, the philosophy, the belief, the values that we had while we were living in ignorance, while we were living in sin. And that's why it's not surprising that we can be a worldly Christian. But this is an infant, you know, uh, 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 in, in its uh, uh, initial stage of, of development. But, but we, we shouldn't prolong it. Uh, but that's a reality when we first come to know Jesus. So that's why in church, we discover it's not heaven. We have the same problem like people in the world. There are conflicts. There are people who can't get on. There are competition. There are jealous. All kinds of things. Why? Because when we are born, we brought the worldly spirit or worldly knowledge, values into our Christian life. Okay, so immaturity will continue to speak those voices, those worldly voices. But you know behind it is Satan, right? Uh, that's what it is. But it will speak to us. That's why sometimes you hear messages, you can't agree, you can't accept. Because you're still holding on to, 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 to those worldly values okay, that you have. So that it nullifies the Word of God. So that the Word of God cannot now Fill your heart. Jesus cannot dwell in your heart in that particular area because you're still holding on to worldly values. So in the Corinthian church, what is one of the immature uh, immaturity that we have in us? They were fighting over, you know, I belong to Apollos. Oh, I belong to Paul. I belong to Peter. I follow Peter. You see, they're still using external things to validate their worth, validate their identity, rather than identify themselves in Christ. And so that's why some of them are so proud because, you know, Apollos, wow, he's, he's so good. And then, wow, Peter, and so on. So there is this sort of conflict, division, jealousy, quarreling in the church. Because they are using external factor to determine, to validate their identity. This morning, do we still have this kind of uh, values or teaching uh, belief in us? We are still using external factors to validate who we are, our worth, through our performance, to what we know, to what we have, to... Do we still do that? One of the things that causes them to be immature, they have still not really totally identified themselves with Jesus, even though now they are believers, they are Christian. And how, how do we... So, so therefore, there, there is this immature 
or worldly wisdom that comes from them, you know, the way they, they talk, because this, our belief, you know, determines how we look at things, how we deal with things, how we talk, right? So, so, uh, so but what would be the sign that, that we have shifted from the worldly uh, uh, philosophy beliefs and now have committed ourselves to the Lord Jesus and become mature? I want you to look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 and verse 7. He said, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So a mature Christian, what dominates, what fuels our heart is God's wisdom. And in fact, the Bible describes it as God's secret wisdom. So when we have God's secret wisdom, then we know how to deal with things, we know how to conduct ourselves, we become mature. But when we see a worldly wisdom, worldly beliefs, you know, the immaturity continues to persist in our hearts. But you say secret wisdom, but how can we know if it's a secret? So when the scriptures say it's a secret, it doesn't mean that we cannot know. It's just that if you use your worldly mindset, The immature mindset. Paul says, I still cannot feed you with meat because you are immature. You see? So if we use the immature mindset, the worldly mindset, we will not be able to receive it. We will not be able to accept it or see it. It doesn't mean that secret, meaning nobody can know. Okay? But it's just that God reveals it to us by His Spirit. Not worldly Wisdom, but it's revealed to us by His Spirit. And when we receive that, we have God's secret wisdom. And therefore, now you look at things, you deal with things from God's perspective. So you will do right because God sees everything. His decision, uh, His ways would be the best way. Okay? Uh, so, so, uh, uh, so when we have God's Word, God's secret wisdom, God's mind, God's thoughts in us, we become mature. So, so that is the first kind of voices, immaturity. You know, when we're immature, there are a lot of different mindset, different voice, uh, opinion that will speak to us. Or excuses or whatever it is to nullify the word of God because we just cannot take it. We just cannot take it. But just just a thought came to me. Do you know First Corinthians, the book of First Corinthians? Because Paul said, I still cannot speak to you as mature. You are still not able to receive it. So now I you're I'm I'm just speaking to you like infants. Can you imagine the whole of First Corinthians is for infants? 
<laughs> it's so elementary. But to us, wow, wow. Read it again in that perspective. These are just baby stuff. And see how far we are missing the mark compared with what God has desired. Okay, the second voice, type of voices that will want to speak to us is the voice of human rational thinking, okay, or understanding. Here is a, a story uh, that we can learn about this. Mark 6, verse 2. When the Sabbath came, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's the wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and his own house, is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Can you see when the word of God came, when Jesus begins to teach and begins to perform miracles in his hometown, among people that he knows, and maybe many of them are related to him by blood relationship, you know, uh, to Joseph and Mary. So they know him very well. But when they heard the preaching of the word, they were so surprised, they were so amazed because it came with such power, it came with such wisdom. They know that this is not human wisdom. This doesn't come from man. So they could have from then on received it into their heart and spirit and their faith begins to break through uh, and begins to look at God differently and begins to believe. They could have moved that way. But, but they allowed human rational thinking to set in and destroy everything. Can you imagine Jesus came to his village with the intention of blessing the village, intention of healing the sick, delivering, bringing help to the people. But rational, human rational thinking destroyed all this plan. Even Jesus could not. Could not. Jesus could not. Two more. Isn't it amazing? Today, what about us? You know, when we allow our human rational to dominate our mindset rather than allow the truth of the Word of God to take us to a different level, we destroy the plan, the intention of what God wants to do. How many of us, we listen to the message about the kingdom and in our human rational, we say, well, not possible. Cannot be done. How can we have dominions or, or, or rather take control of the economy realm or in, in this city or the education or, or the government? Or, or In our rational thinking, we say, oh, no, no, this cannot be done. 
I want to repeat this again. When we allow our human, rational thinking to dominate our hearts, it destroys the plans of God. Even Jesus cannot do more. Think about it. We allow what we know, what we can see, to overthrow what Jesus or what God wants to do. So what did they say? Hey, look. Hey, that's Mary's son. Look, his brothers, his three younger brothers, his sisters. You know, we, we know everything about him. We saw him as a little boy. When he was a baby until now. Well, well as a little boy. We, we saw him grow up. He's a carpenter. You see, they allow what they know as facts, as true. What they see to destroy what God intended to do. They allow human rational thinking to supersede the revelation that they received that Jesus was giving to them. Okay, the frightening thing, the frightening thing is even Jesus in their midst cannot do more. It's not that Jesus is not here. It's not that God is not in this world. But He works in an environment of faith. He works through revelation. Secret wisdom from heaven. Eternal wisdom that wants to bring glory to us. That's what He wants to do. But when we allow immaturity, we allow human rational thinking to take control, it kills the plan. It kills what God wants to do. Even Jesus could not do more. And then, the third kind of voices is dishonoring familiar channel of God's voice in our life, for our life. Dishonoring the familiar channels that God used to speak to us. Okay, the, there's a word, uh, there's a saying, say, familiarity breeds contempt, right? You're so familiar with the person, you're, you know, so now you just take it for granted. Ah, yeah, this person always talk like that. You see, they are so familiar with Jesus. Is there anything we don't know about Jesus? We know everything about Him. We saw Him grow up. And some of those who are talking are His relatives. You see that words came out, came out Jesus said, among His relatives. Never mind His relatives. Even His brothers. The Bible says that. Even his brothers don't believe because they're too familiar with him. And so with this honor, that's why Jesus said, only in his hometown a prophet is dishonored by his people he know, by his family, by his relatives and so on. Only in his hometown because they're too familiar with him. So we dishonor 
discredit the person, what they say, rather than listen to it as the voice of God. Because indeed, they, they knew it was the voice of God. They were amazed, they were shocked. But yet they allowed that kind of dishonor to come into their heart, to come into their spirit, and then it just destroyed what Jesus has spoken, the word of God that has been released to them. Okay, so they dishonored Jesus. Jesus used the word dishonor. Do you know, when I go to other churches to preach, at the end, you know, definitely there will be some people, not, not everyone, there will be some people who come to me and say, Pastor, you know, that word really spoke to me. Oh, Pastor, I've learned so much from your word. Oh, Pastor, this is a word that I haven't heard for a long, long time. You know, thank you so much. There's an honor, you know, when you are outside of it. I, I'm not asking you to, to, to from now, you know, if you want to do it, if that is in your heart, by all means do that, you know. It's good to cultivate. But what I'm trying to tell you, the reality of, you know, when I move about, yeah, the reality of it. And, and so, we, we don't want that. Because, you know, God used vessel. And, and pastor will always be with you. They will, you will be so familiar with him. But sometimes we think that, oh, you know, this mighty man come. <clears throat> so we are ready. We come early. We come in with anticipation. But pastor, well, every week, like, you know, uh, never mind if I'm late. Uh, uh, you know, we have a different mindset, different attitude when we come to the service. So we receive differently. When, when that man comes, well, somehow we receive something because we come with anticipation, because we honor that person. Okay, so I hope we, we will grow to be more mature. We're able to discern the voices that God uses to speak to us. So that we can receive what God has for us. What does Paul say about this kind of uh, relationship in 1 Corinthians 4 1? 1 Corinthians 4 1. He has this same problem. Even though he's a pioneering apostle and, and they get into trouble with him. So then. Men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Can you see that? The secret thing entrusted with the secret things of God. So if you want to mature, just now we say that when we grow in maturity, that's because we're able to receive the secret wisdom of God. And now he's telling you this secret wisdom, how does it come to you? Besides you reading the word of God. It comes to you, to the channel, to the servants that God has sent to you because they are entrusted with the secret things of God. So if you want to grow, if you want to move into what God has for you, when you give honor where it is due and receive those words as God's word, Things will begin to change in your life. You begin to respond to those words because you realize, see, this is the word of God. I got to run with it, you know. And, and, and you begin to break through and break through. 
But if you take it, well, another Sunday, another sermon, another message on the kingdom of God. Okay, you just keep coming. At least you come, I'm happy. But there will be no change. There will be no change. There will be no miracles. And then the fourth kind of voices that we want to speak to our hearts is a voice of spiritual pride. Okay, voice of spiritual pride. Let's look at Matthew 16, verse 1 to 4. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested Him by asking Him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When the evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation. Look for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they are the experts of the law. They are experts. They study the scripture. And in fact, Jesus said they examined the scripture diligently. Diligently. So they are very serious, you know, really uh, have so much knowledge about the scripture because they study them. So for them to believe what you say or what Jesus said, you know, because they are expert. What can you teach us? How can we be sure, you know, whether you say is correct? We must test it out. And so, so they come with that kind of spiritual pride. They come with that kind of, you know, I know it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so familiar with it. Is there anything that I do not know? I've heard it all before. Right? Because they, they do study the scripture. They know. So because of that pride, they are not able to see the obvious. They are not able to receive what God is doing because they always want to, you know, look for something else to validate it. In other words, you have to convince them. You know, not receiving the Word of God with their spirit. They receive it with their mind. You, not, you need to convince them in the mind. When you receive it with your spirit, you know, but you may not understand. You understand what I mean? You know, hey, this is from God. Jesus was speaking with, with such authority and power. You know, but you may not understand everything He said. Some of the things maybe take you 30 years and then, oh, okay, I knew what he was saying then. You see, but you receive it. But these Pharisees, they don't. They just base it on their knowledge. They just base it on their expertise, the, the pride that is there. You know, so they must test it out, you know, and, and understand everything before they believe. So have you heard people say, you know, I wait till I understand everything, then I believe. That, that is pride. You think you can understand everything? That's pride. You know, we, we can't understand everything. So there are things that we receive because 
We just know. Intuition in our spirit. We receive it with our spirit. We receive it with our hearts. We know it. But I can't explain it. I know it. You see? So Pharisees know because they are so knowledgeable in the scripture and they think they know almost everything about God. So that's why they want to test it. And Jesus said, you know, even the commoners, they know. They look at the sky, they can interpret. And how come you cannot? Because it's so easy. It's so common. So if we receive it with humility, if we receive it in our spirit, in our hearts, we will know. Okay? So spiritual pride can hinder us from receiving the, the voice of God and, and it can dominate our heart, fill our hearts with, with questions and doubts. So Jesus' comment about them is a wicked and adulterous generation. You see, it's a problem of the heart. Adulterous. Problem of the heart. They want God, but they something else. Adulterous. So that's the reason why. And, and Jesus called it wickedness. Because it's anti-God. Because the enemy is working behind it. Satan is working behind it. Okay, so it's, it's the heart problem. So that they cannot see. It's not that the sign are not there. What Jesus is saying, the sign is plentiful. Look at those miracles. The works that I do testify concerning me. My father testify about me. You know, the, the, the word that he says. You see, so there are so many signs all over. If you want to see, you can see. If you don't want to see, you will miss it. That's just simple. Okay, so the spiritual pride in them that uh, has surfaced or, or dominate their life so that uh, they just cannot, cannot see what God is saying. Okay, the other thing, okay, uh, maybe that one i leave it till next time because time is not, not with me at this time. Okay, so this morning we learn about three different kinds of voices that will want to speak into our hearts to take away what God wants to say so that our hearts are not pure, so that our hearts are not wholly committed to God. We become an adulterous generation. Our heart is divided and uh, we know behind it, the enemy is at work. Okay, but on top of it, there is one, there is our responsibility. If we don't allow them to come in, they are not able to come in. But we offer a lot of opportunities for the enemies to, to work in our life. Okay, the first voice is the voice of immaturity. We cannot accept what God is saying. The second uh, voice that we want to supersede what God has said, even though you hear God, but then it comes in and supersede and take away what God says or remove it so that you know you, it destroys what God wants to do is uh, human rational uh, thinking. Okay? The third thing is spiritual pride. Okay? We, 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 we know. We know a lot of things. Right? But yet uh, uh, we allow it to to stop us from receiving revelation, uh, new things, revelation from God, because we think we know. And then we want to uh, validate everything. You know, sometimes we can't, because God speaks, uh, His wisdom is, is 
beyond our wisdom. We, we can't use our mind uh, and, and, and our understanding, our intelligence to validate. No, we just have to use our spirit and our heart. And, and you have the intuition in your spirit. It's built in there. You know, when you uh, draw near to God and, and when God speaks, you know. You know, you may not understand, but you know. But when spiritual prides come in, we want to uh, dispute it. We want to uh, look into all areas that, that may never be there, you know, and, and that takes away our faith in the Word of God. Sorry, I missed out the area of dishonoring the, 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 the vessel that God used, okay? So don't allow familiarity to, to, to uh, take away that, that the Word of God, that, that awesomeness, that revelation that comes every week, you know, from this pulpit, right? So that uh, uh, you can really move on, okay? Shall we pray?